This is this is really kind of one of my favorite topics is the unknown or the unsung heroes of the, of scripture and so forth because frankly there's a whole lot more people like that that I know than the the folks that are on stage or the folks that are you know that that uh, you see all these amazing things happen to and most of us are 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 in this camp. And so this has really been exciting for me. And this is one of my favorite things. And then Jim's teaching my other favorite topic, which is 10 dumb things that smart Christians believe on Sunday nights. So that you've got my two favorite topics going right now. So it's really kind of been extraordinary. Um, raise your hand if you've, in the last 12 months, you've had family stay at your house. Raise your hand if you've had family stay at your house, you put them up. and like, All right, great. Raise your hand again if you've had friends stay at your house in the last... 12 months, and so, all right? Okay, good. You have any? No? All right. <laughs> all right. Now, raise your hand if you've had someone you didn't know stay at your house or that was just referred to you. It's going to be world changers. It's going to be you know, other, other situations and so forth that might... My, my wife had this uh, at least twice a year growing up, where they had people staying with them that they didn't know. Uh, she grew up independent Baptist, and they do missions differently than Southern Baptists. Southern Baptists, what we do is we pool all the money together, and then we find some, someone that you know, feels called to be a missionary. They get trained and so forth, and then they're sent over with a salary. And it's really efficient. It's really... Um, it's, it's, one's not necessarily better than the other, but independent Baptists, the way that they do missions, is that if someone feels that they're called to, to, to missions, they travel around the United States going from independent church to independent church and, and, and slow, showing a slideshow, showing what they feel they're called to, to do in ministry and so forth, and asking those churches and those people in those churches to write a monthly check to them to support them, send it into the missionary mission agency, and and support them. So these missionaries, every you know, usually every five to seven years, have to come back from the mission field, travel to all those churches again, show their slideshows, tell what they're doing on the mission field, and so forth. And those missionaries is who my my wife's family they put them up at their church. You know, uh, they they had a missions conference once a year where they had all their missionaries come in. And they also had um, uh, the, these folks that were traveling through either raising support or assuring up their support and that type of thing. And that's where I, that's where I came from as well. It wasn't until we joined Stewart Heights Baptist that that was the first time we were part of a Southern Baptist church. So, uh, and, and we saw things very differently. So, you know, it's, it's something that we don't, we don't really think about, especially as Southern Baptists, you know, uh, you know, putting up missionaries or putting up you know, really people that we don't know. Um, we, we did this uh, about uh, uh, two and a half years ago, uh, and it was a Facebook thing. And I went to a Word of Life Bible Institute in upstate New York. And there was a family that I had kind of stayed in touch with a little bit uh, on Facebook. Uh, and a, 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 um, the lady that I'd gone to, gone to the Bible Institute with and so forth, she had six kids. Husband just left her. And... Uh, just a really uh, uh, lots and lots of dietary constraints on the family, you know, uh, the gluten-free diet and, you know, four or five other things. I mean, it was really kind of complicated. And, 
and she was just, you know, kind of distraught that she wasn't able to uh, to, to do to to find a vacation for her her and her family, and so forth. So, talked to over with Margie, and and and, uh, and we just offered up, and said, look, if you can get to Chattanooga, we'll give you a vacation. We'll take care of everything while you're here, and so forth, and 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 we'll we'll, we'll do that for you. And uh, after some prodding by working through some of her friends and so forth to get her to, to do it and so forth. She, she ended up coming with all six kids, took care of all their needs and so forth. And that's what we're talking about uh, in, in today's. Uh, Nason is our, or Nason, if you look through some of the Greek uh, 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 pronunciation guides and so forth. And that's who we're talking about today. He's mentioned only once in Acts chapter uh, 21 and verse 16, okay? And there's almost nothing that we know about him. Look at the bottom of the page, uh, first page. This is, the, this is the only place that he's mentioned. It's the only time his name ever comes up. It says, also some of the disciples from Caesarea uh, went with us and brought with them a certain Nason of Cyprus, an early disciple with whom we were to lodge. And so he was giving hospitality to Paul the Apostle and his fellow travelers. Paul very rarely traveled on his own. I think greatly because Paul had several infirmities that uh, were really there to keep him humble. Um, My experience with uh, uh, pastors of prominence that travel with an entourage is is, um, they can really quickly, you know, start drinking their own Kool-Aid, you know, And, and, and I think God gives certain trials, not only to us, but to pastors, particularly, in order to keep them humble and keep their mind focused and that type of thing. So, but I think, I think that's where Paul is. And, and so, you know, there's, you've just read everything that we know for sure about him. We'll talk about that in a minute. But so I wanted to, you know, looking through this, I, I'm, I'm an exegetical person. You know, I, I let the scripture tell me what to say, and I really don't want to say anything else. And so, so when Jim gave this to me, I told him what I always tell him when, I, when he asks me to teach Sunday. He says, oh, that's interesting. I'll be interested to see what I say, uh, which always makes him nervous, which is always fun. But, uh, you know, uh, that I was really honest <laughs> with this one because, you know, there, there's really, uh, so I started digging around and I looked throughout the book of Acts in this particular chapter 21 and the following chapters and so forth, and all right, what's the context? Where, where is Nason, where is his context for this whole, whole thing? And so just really quick, let's run through the context of Acts chapter 21. And I, I've broken it down by uh, the verses, and it just goes through chronologically through, through, uh, through it. First of all, there's travel, and it just lists a couple of different places that there's travel. And he talks about a little bit of interaction with the disciples in Tyre. Okay? Then there's a send-off. And whole families come out to send him off from Tyre to his next destination. Um, and, 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 and they really, at this point in Paul's ministry, feel like they're never going to see him again. This, this is it. All right? And frankly, uh, it comes up again strongly in verse 12. But, uh, so he's he sent off in verses 5 and 6, 7 11. It talks about travel again. And uh, he's going through a couple of different places. When he comes through Caesarea, he stays with uh, Philip the Evangelist. 
And then in, in uh, I'm sorry, in verse 11, uh, there's a prophecy given about Paul. And there's a prophet there, and he comes in and takes off his belt, wraps his own hands with his belt, and says, the owner of this belt will be bound and put to death in Jerusalem. Okay? And uh, Paul's like, he's okay with that. He's like, and, and uh, uh, frankly, if I had been beaten and flogged and couldn't see, and so I might be longing for heaven as well. Uh, and, and, and I think that's a little bit of Paul's perspective. You know, this is, the, this is his third missionary journey. This is near the, uh, he understands that this is nearing the end of his ministry and what God's given him to do and so forth. So he accepts it at, at this point. But now, you know, Paul is traveling to Jerusalem, and that's where he's going, and that's where Nisan comes in. He's going to be putting them up while they're in Jerusalem and so forth, and showing that hospitality. But then Paul makes a statement. He knows he's going to Jerusalem to be bound and to die. That's your first blank. And that he could not, uh, and he couldn't be dissuaded. He couldn't be convinced not to go. All right? he, underst- he understands and sees this is part of God's plan. Same way Jesus went to the cross, and, and that was part of God's plan. And uh, frankly... I don't get that kind of insight in my life. Um, sometimes I just wonder, what, Lord, are you doing with me here? Why, why, am I, why do I work where I work? Why do I have these set of circumstances? Sometimes you get answers about those things. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you find out later, and God had it all in control. And you yeah, even listened to our belly aching as we went through it, right? But so... After that, you got verse 15, where he's going from Caesarea to Jerusalem. And then in Acts 22, you start seeing where Paul speaks to the Jews and his whole interaction and, and, and so forth. Pretty much from the time he enters Jerusalem, his arrest, his, his, uh, his working through the Roman government. And it takes years for him to kind of get prosecuted and so forth, all that kind of thing. And that's what... The you know chapter twenty two all the way through the end of the book of Acts. So six chapters is about Paul's you know working through the government and God gives him amazing access and amazing ability to communicate the whole of Scripture uh, and, and you know how his whole testimony with Jesus Christ, the road to Damascus experience, how that all comes together. The, his martyrdom of Stephen comes in there and so forth. So it's, it's just like the whole thing gels and comes together and, 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 and God does these amazing things, even shipwrecking him and, and that type of thing. That all happens as well. So those are the things that are kind of going on with Paul. But you, you look at the next section here. It says, what is, what, what's going on? We're, we're in the book of Acts. So that, you know, I'm... I'm as I'm going through this, I'm trying to piece this together. Like, what can I figure out what's going around the way that this guy's mentioned in the book of Acts? What can I put together here? And so we're talking out of the book of Acts, which means Luke is the author. So he's a bit anal retentive. <laughs> he's, he's, you know, Mr. Facts. You know, so he's, he's going to have all these things, which explains maybe why he includes a name. Don't know about that. But not for, not for sure anyways. We're talking about the launch of the church because that's the book of Acts. Where it's where it lands. We've talked about that before. Where the book of Acts lands. you got the Gospels, which is, 
establishing the, 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 the ministry and the atonement of Jesus Christ. You've got the book of Acts, which establishes the church. The book of Romans, which is your doctrinal treatise you know, for the New Testament. And then you have all the letters to the churches that are screwing up. <laughs> and that's, the, that, 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 that's the, all the epistles. And then you have a few things at the end and so forth. So that's where the book of Acts is setting. All right? So we're talking about you know, uh, launch of the church. We're watching the expansion of the gospel, which is the next blank, to the Gentiles. So when, when Paul is talking in Jerusalem to the Jews, and you're reading through chapter 22, the Jews are like, interesting story, Paul. He talks about his road, uh, Damascus road experience where he sees Jesus Christ. And so, interesting story, Paul. They're actually not terribly put off by it. That, really not at all, frankly. And so until he gets to the part about God offering salvation to the Gentiles, from there, it really goes south. I, it, all of a sudden, the Jews are ready to string him up, and they plot to kill him for the rest of the book of Acts. Uh, it's so much so that 40 men take an oath to not eat or drink until they've, they've killed Paul. Now, they never did, so I wonder if they starved and drowned, or, you know, whatever. But, <laughs> uh, but here, here's the thing. is that, I mean, that is what really got their goat. It wasn't the fact that the Messiah had come. It was that they were offering salvation to the Gentiles. That's what their real beef with Paul was about. Anyways, so uh, I, I find that interesting. So, number two here, Paul understood that he was uh, heading to Jerusalem to his death. He had the prophecy of uh, Agabus. And that he would be bound and killed. And chapter 22, um, they're patient with his testimony. Okay, and oh, and the, the last thing, uh, Paul's a Roman citizen. So that's really what, from Acts 22 on, kind of engages and it, it, it stretches Paul's imprisonment uh, in Rome out for years and years and years. Uh, some people say up to six years, but some say it's around two. But it stretches it out for a long period of time. Why? Because Paul, as a Roman citizen, had rights. So you have the Jewish nation that's functioning under the guidance of, the Ro- of Roman law, right? So the Jews are in suppression, and they're under the authority of the, of the Romans, right? Because you had the Roman Empire. Roman Empire expanded, and, and they were very intelligent this way, is that as the Roman Empire expanded, they just took on other nations, and they said, y- y'all run the government, y'all take care of everything, but you're all subject to our rules, and we got the final say, but you guys run your thing. So that's where Paul is you know, trying to answer to some of the, some of the Jewish uh, groups, you know, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and, and so forth. So he's, that's why he went to the temple to speak. It's where they met and so forth. So, so Paul is kind of subject to these things and, and so forth, but as a Roman citizen, he takes his case up three levels of the chain of command, all the way up to Caesar. And God, that, that, that's how God uses Paul to have an audience with Caesar, who's the you know, president of the United States kind of guy you know, in the Roman Empire and so forth. God uses all these things. It's like Paul's entire life comes together. You know, he, was, he was a Pharisee, so he had this position with, with the Jews he was talking to. He was a Roman citizen, so that he was kept alive and extended his ministry. So all these things are kind of coming together. And this son is the man that is responsible for Paul while he's in Jerusalem. 
So that's it's something that we, you know, it, we, we don't fully understand is that when I have people or guests in my house, yeah, yeah, you know, we go to the grocery, buy the food, and, you know, that type of thing, and, and, and we may take them out, or we may do some entertaining things, and they're there for a couple of days. And now, when, in, in this period of time, when they showed up, they, they, they showed up. And, and you are responsible for everything related to them. You are responsible for food, for getting their water, for, for every part of life was, was kind of arduous. So um, it, was, it was not a small thing. But at the same time, there weren't like all these hotels like we've got. You know, nowadays, we, we, don't, we don't think hospitality the same way as we used to because there really wasn't much of an option for, for uh, hotels or anything like that. If you either stayed with someone or, you know, now there's, there are inns, of course, because Jesus was born in an inn, you know, so that, that's not that the, they don't exist, but they're very, very few and far between. So, so this is the way that majority of people would, would be housed and so forth. Um, during the period of time. So let's flip over to the back. So this is what we know for sure about Nason. Okay? This is, you know, these are the things that we're, we're rock solid on. Okay? Uh, the disciples from Caesarea stayed with Nason during Paul's third missionary journey. We know that. Uh, Nason uh, was from Cyprus. So that was his, that's really, you know, it just says that he was from Cyprus. So that's why sometimes, uh, it, why the next point is, it says that, uh, or, uh, um, in uh, point one in the next section, it says we're fairly sure that his he had a he had two homes. Probably had one in Caesarea, had one in Jerusalem. All right, because they, they, he's from uh, you know they mentioned that he, he, Paul is traveling from Caesarea to Jerusalem and so forth. So that's kind of where we think he is and all. So we know that uh, we we feel like uh, that we're talking about a, a home that he had in 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 uh, Jerusalem. So he may have may have had you know. A summer home and a winter home. Not sure how that, all that would would work at the time, but he was originally from Cyprus. Okay, he's described as an early disciple. Um, the way the language works, there's two ways you can take this. You can take it either he was saved early in church history, so he was saved pri- pri- most likely. Most people feel he was saved prior to Paul's conversion, and so he was he was a fixture in the church community, and, and so he carried respect in that way and so forth because he was an early adopter, okay? Um, other, other folks say that it was, uh, um, he was an elderly man. Um, but either way, uh, he carried, a, I, I, th- I feel like he carried a great deal of respect. And, and that's one of the reasons he's, he's mentioned here, and we'll talk about that in a moment as well. Uh, his, his name means uh, reminding or remembrance. That's your next blank. Uh, so uh, he's being remembered. Uh, we're talking about him today. You know, over 4,000 years later. Or, I'm sorry, over 2,000. Well, where did that number come from? Over 2,000 years later, we're still talking about him. Okay? So that's an interesting thing because when, when your name is left in Scripture... Uh, when your name is included in Scripture, God's Word is everlasting. It's going to be the people are going to know this name, and it's now part of the part of Scripture for all eternity. So that's one of the reasons we're talking about these people is because they are just 
long-termers. I mean, we're, we're going to remember these folks, okay? Number five, Nisan uh, was uh, responsible for Paul, and, and Paul was Nisan's guest. And again, that means not only food and water and everything else that goes along with that, but also his safety and security. So when Paul ends up on trial, that's really Nisan's responsibility. And he's not, this is his guest, and he's responsible for him, and so forth. So it's, um, it, it puts him in the mix there a great deal. All right, so those are the things that we know for sure about him. And frankly, <laughs> that's it. You look at all the other Greek you know, uh, uh, works at the time, there's only three other people that are ever named Nisan. And we can demonstrate that at least two of them can't be him. So the, the name is not regular. It's not like, you know, today we have, you know, David and there's a lot of Davids. You know, it's, this is, uh, you know, uh, uh, not too many people went by uh, uh, a single name or anything like that. Um, uh, not too many people go by single names these days. They're usually pop stars, but, and not necessarily worth <laughs> talking about, but... Um, so there's no like extra biblical references to him it's not like he was a major topic of the early church either people kind of come up mention his name and pretty much came to the same conclusion I did there's not a whole lot about him alright but he showed hospitality to Paul on his third missionary journey and that's what we, we, we know for sure. But there's some things that we can surmise. You know, we're, we're, I say that we're fairly sure that he had a home in Jerusalem, you know, and again, the timeline there is a little skewed and so forth, so it could be that he, they were in Caesarea on their way to Jerusalem. Either way, uh, you know, most scholars uh, you know, look at the, tech, uh, the context and say, no, this was in Jerusalem. So that's, that's, we're, we're, we're pretty sure that that's exactly where it was. Many assume that he was uh, an associate of um, Barnabas, who is also from Cyprus, okay? But every time I talk to someone from Detroit, I say, hey, do you know my dad? You know, it's, we just do that, right? You know, you, you know, Detroit's got, well, a lot fewer people. Um, <laughs> last one who leaves, please turn out the lights. Um, but, you know, it's like we hear about, you know, it's like, oh, you know, so-and-so's from Orlando. Oh, I know someone in Orlando. And we try to, but... It's a lot smaller at that time. So, you know, most people really feel that they would have at least known each other and so forth. Um, many assume that uh, Nisan um, was a man of means. Uh, since he, he was able to host such a large group, uh, stayed with him. That's housing, food, safety, all, any other needs and so forth. So they, that's the next blank is that they, they feel like he was a man of means. And, you know, God gives us means for his ministry. And God gives us um, responsibility and stewardship over those things. And why is Nason included in Scripture? Could be because he was faithful. Could be because he was, was a man of means and he used those means you know, to support God's ministry. It could be because he was a pillar in the church, or early church. Everyone knew he, who he was. And when they said that he was staying with Nason, everybody's like, okay, well, that makes sense. So Luke including it here without any other, you know, substantive, you know, description of exactly what, what was going on, you know, that is really 
most plausible is that he just was, you know, someone everybody, everybody knew. He was well respected, and of course, Paul's going to stay with him. That's that's who you stay, you know, you stay with. If you're if you're an apostle, that's who you stay with when you go to, uh, you know, that's the Hilton at, in Jerusalem for for apostles, right? Okay. So, and then again, I just keep coming back to this. There's really virtually nothing else that we know about him. All right. So. This is where it gets uncomfortable for me. It says, you know, uh, Jim says, well, you can take it anywhere you want to and just kind of talk about what you, you know, I'm, I'm more of a biblicist, I guess, that way. So, but this is what I take away from it, and this is where I'm at. Most people in the world are not and never will be the people on stage. That's your next blank. Most people are people that are behind the scenes and I, and I kind of didn't want, I, I probably shouldn't have used this word, but doing the real work of ministry. Because work of ministry is spending time in the nursery. That's work. Uh, real work. I had a group of fifth graders at my house the other night. That's real work. <laughs> you know, they just never stop talking. Uh, and, and, you know, you know, Looking just statistically, in this room, there's not a lot of people here that are that, that that preach at our church. There's a few people that are on on stage in that way. You know what I'm saying? Most of us are here, and and God's given us a responsibility to do the work of the ministry, the behind the scenes stuff, to the stuff that's not glorious. Uh, cleaning, cleaning diapers is not a glorious um, thing to put on your resume, I guess. But, but it still has to be done. And that's, frankly, where, where the real rubber meets the road. Um, I was led to Christ. I, I, I started going to church the old-fashioned way. I followed a girl to church, you know. Her brother led me to Christ. Her brother, you know... Um, just a plain Jane kind of guy, he leaned over to me and said, hey, you interested in getting saved today? And, that's, uh, and I said, yes. That's all it took. But if he hadn't asked, I, wouldn't go- I wasn't going. So, you know, that, it's, it's those little things that, 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 that make ministry happen. It's, you know, men, it's leaving a note on the counter for your wife in the morning. That's a ministry to your wife. You know, that's, those, those are the, <laughs> not just setting her alarm, right? <laughs> but so look, look at 1A, God uses everyday people to do his work and his will. That's just the fact of the matter. You know, whether it's playing piano uh, for, uh, for, uh, for invitation or for anything else or you know, just taking care of the kids or volunteering in Awana or what Albert does with the offering plates or anything else. This place doesn't run without that. It doesn't, it, it, it stops in its tracks. And it doesn't move forward. And, and that's, that is God's church. That's how it works. Um, it's... It's not really, it's not, uh, this is, I, I, had a, I was struggling with how to phrase this. 
but it's just not popular these days to look for accolades in heaven. It's really, um, I don't want to say popular, but it's more culturally accepted in the Christian culture that you're looking for the blessing here and not necessarily looking for the blessing in heaven. And that's not God's economy. That's not the way he operates. That's not the way he looks at the world. And the way he looks at the world is so much more important than the way our Christian culture does. You know, you have your health and wealth gospel. You've got all these, uh, you know, everything from, um, you know, uh, expression of spiritual gifts in services and so forth. And it's all public. And that's not the way. That, that, that wasn't Jesus' deal. He did it when he had to, but, but, but most of Jesus' ministry was one-on-one and just with other people and so forth. And a lot of it's not even not recorded in Scripture. So there's all kinds of things that, that, that he did that way. Again, all, all of it behind the scenes. Number two, uh, you know, I just, this is the way I look at it. I think, I think Mason, Nason is included uh, because he was highly regarded and, and, and Luke, who's the author of the book of Acts, included him here because he was well-known and respected in the church. And frankly, we just don't know definitely why he's included here. But I think it was predominantly he was faithful, which is your, your blank in uh, 2A. Nisan represents those of us that just do what God's called us to do. Uh, long conversation with God about that this week for me. Uh, this the, the preparation of this lesson was a far more painful than I had anticipated, and um, <laughs> thanks, man. <laughs> um, because it's it's kind of the story of my life. I work I've worked with a lot of people that are st- you know up front stage people. The 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 main guy you know uh, I, I work with them daily and so forth. Uh, and and my position is is to support them. And that's where I've always been. Uh, it's not easy. Um, sometimes you're, you're looking for, uh, I, I can mo- I've said this before, I can milk a compliment for at least six months. <laughs> you know, because, so, you know, some, we're, we're human beings. Some of those things, you know, we just want to feel appreciated. And we just want to feel like, 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 like we, we matter. And we count. Um, and I'll, this is kind of, uh, a little bit of my closing illustration, but it just fits here. Um, IT work is the most thankless job, I think, on the planet. Um, the only time I get attention or anyone wants to talk about IT is when something's screwed up, right? That's it. If everything's working right, we're, we're, we, we, we melt into the background and everyone wonders what we're doing. You know, keeping things from falling into a disaster uh, is something we do every day and no one ever knows. And um, I know there's other jobs like that. I'm sure nursing's a great deal that way or, you know, other, other things. It's just a real thankless job. And, and, and people don't realize what you do uh, on a daily basis. So, we're, we're, you know, I have to realize that, that you know, my name's not going to be in Scripture. But, you know, most, but my, my name's in the book that counts. It's in the Lamb's Book of Life. 
And I'm not doing it because of what I hear about here. I'm not doing it for those accolades. I'm doing it because I'm going to be, I want to be found faithful. I want to have the characteristics of why I think Nason was included because he was faithful, he was consistent, he was known for, you know, for being a, a, an elderly disciple or a, an early disciple. Either way, it, that's what he was known for and that was his life. He opened his doors, he, was, he used what God gave him for God's glory and supported what God was doing. And that's what matters. And we don't talk about that enough, I think. I, mean, I think we, we talk about that, but it's a different thing when you're living in it. And, uh, you know, um, if I do nothing else but raise my, my daughters in the nurture and admission of God and they walk, walk out of our household, you know, holding on to Christ, Everything else is kind of extra, you know? So that's, that's kind of the long and the short of it. <clears throat> um, let's, let's look at number three, because I think we sometimes lose sight of how important um, hospitality is. Nason took care of Paul, and sometimes, you know, the person that's on point, the person that's, that's, that's on stage, the person that, you know, and, and it's different people all the time. Today I'm teaching Sunday school. Next week, you're, are you teaching next week? Next week is Jim. Whatever Jim needs, we take care of him all Sunday morning, and then we just drop the rock. No. <laughs> we, 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 why? Because he's, he's the man on point. He's in, uh, when, uh, when Brian or Gary or Daryl are up there preaching, that... You know, he's up there representing God. He's on point at that point, at that time. And it's our responsibility to support them. And that's what we do. And that, but that's what hospitality is. And sometimes a person on, on point, that's uh, 3B, that's your point, is, is the word is support. So coming down to apply and personalize, God uses regular people to do his work. Uh, this is Jim's, Jim's comment here is... Uh, that's the point of this whole series, is that God uses regular people to do his work. So number one, under personalized, don't undervalue your contribution to God's work. Change a diaper in God's name. You know, and that's, you know, put a battery in a, uh, a wireless mic in God's name. Whatever you do here, do, uh, do it, do it to, to his glory, and because we're all part of his church. And every, whether you're, uh, volunteering at EAC, or whether you're, you know, uh, uh, helping out with what's going to go on at uh, the Tivoli for Christmas, or whatever, whatever it is, God's given you to do, do it because it's God's calling on you, your life. You're part of this church. God values number two. God values what we do for others. So number two, under personalized, look for opportunities to serve others, because it's ultimately, you know, we are His hands. That's not just a uh, fancy little uh, catchphrase. It's not a, a bumper sticker theology. We are God's hands. You know, if God's going to do something, he's chosen to do it through his people, and he's chosen to do it through the folks in this room. And number three, God values hospitality. Uh, just stay focused on others. 
stay focused on others because um, if you focus on yourself, you know, and, 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 and just stay focused on, on what you need, what you're trying to get out of this life, uh, that's not what it's about. It's actually uh, the, uh, the afterlife that it's all about. So stay focused on others. And uh, um, that's it. Nisan was, was, was a, just a, a common guy that God gave an opportunity to do something uncommon for. His name's included in Scripture, but I think he's just a representative of all of us. And that's what it's there for, I think.